All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Valley Creek. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Whatever location you may be at, wherever you are in the world, can we just welcome each other together for a moment? We love being one church that meets in multiple locations that leverages technology in order to present the gospel so we can reach all kinds of people in different cities that we wouldn't normally get to reach. I love who we are as a church and what we're doing. And last week, you guys threw an amazing Easter party. It was hands down the best Easter we've ever had as a church. We had the most amount of people we have ever had uh, come and hear about the life and the love of Jesus. And so I just want to start by saying, man, thank you. Thanks for serving. Thanks for giving. Thanks for leading. Thanks for inviting. You really took the mission of God to heart. You created an amazing atmosphere. You created an amazing opportunity for thousands and thousands of people to have an encounter with Jesus. And so there's so much to celebrate with this Easter because it really was. I mean, it was our best Easter, hands down. It was a win. Every department, every ministry, every campus, every service, as we debrief this week and talked about it. There was something to celebrate all the way across the board. And what I love is I want to show you some pictures from Easter. Hang on, go back. You, you, got, you got ahead of me. I went, uh, I, what I, I just want to show you some pictures. And what I want you to think about from right from the beginning is that when people walked in last week, it was all about because he says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. He doesn't say go and do a bunch of exciting things and have a bunch of bells and whistles and make sure you have the coolest thing in town and then people will come to me. He says, no, just lift me up and I will draw all men unto myself. And so by just simplifying everything for Easter, and it doesn't mean we don't do things with excellence and we don't want to be creative. Just simplifying and saying, it's just about Jesus. He was lifted up and he drew people unto himself. And you guys made an amazing experience for people in that process. You see, the first thing that you did was you invited people. You actually said, hey, invite people. You did it. Like lots of them, because there were lots of people at every service of every campus. You really went out and invited friends and neighbors and family members. And one of the stories that we heard over and over again was that people that you had invited for years, this was the year they said yes. I heard stories. I've invited this person for six years. I've invited this person for 10 years. I've been inviting my neighbor for the last couple months and they won't come. And all of a sudden God moved. When you lift up the name of Jesus, he draws all men unto himself. So you invited people and then they came and you made an amazing experience for them in the parking lot because you parked outside in and left all the great spots in the front for them. And then as they walked in, you welcomed them. You made them feel like they were wanted and that they were welcomed. And you created this atmosphere, this environment where people felt the kindness of the kingdom of God. You see, you might think the atrium is not a big deal. The atrium is even bigger deal than the worship center because if you make people feel loved and they can connect and it's a place where they can belong and see themselves being a part of something, they saw the kindness of God in you in the process. You brought them in, you welcomed them, you created an atmosphere that then get to check their kids in. And our kids' experience was absolutely off the charts. Our kids' team... 
If you had kids, you know your kid had fun. If you didn't have kids, the kids had fun. <laughs> we had 50,000 Easter eggs at all the services to create this have fun and learn about God encounter for the kids. And you can see this, all the creativity in the team. There were more than, there were almost 1,200 serve team members and leaders that pulled off Valley Creek Easter for kids, just the kids, 1,200 serve team members and leaders for just the kids experience at all the campuses. And we heard so many great stories. I mean, my kids, they got to come to like all of the services, you know, they're at like all of them. And so when my kids are still excited to come to the last one, because they want to be a part of the Easter experience, you know, that was amazing. So our next gen did awesome. And what was the best part is there was so many of our students that were serving the kids to make it a great experience. When the next gen serves the next gen, there's a multiplier effect on that. And then people came into the worship center and you made them feel so wanted. Come on. Look at that smile. I want to be a part of that church, man. That looks like a cool place to be. You made people feel welcome and you sat inside out. So they got to sit in the seats that they wanted too far away from me. <laughs> Which is kind and gracious. And you created an amazing environment. And then we had amazing production and technology teams that make everything work. Hundreds of amazing serve team members and leaders that are a part of these teams that push all the buttons and do, they're so smart, I don't even understand how they talk. That's how smart they are. But without them, we wouldn't be able to be who we are. They do an amazing job every week and then we worshiped the name of Jesus together. We had an amazing experience lifting up the name of Jesus. He drew people to himself. You engaged your faith. The presence of Jesus came, set people free. And when everyone left, they left with... Jesus. They came because of him and they left with him. That's Easter. I mean, there's so many stories. Heard a story of a dad that was invited by one of you to come and he brought his whole family and he was nervous and terrified and he came in and he met Jesus. And when the service was over, he came up with tears in his eyes and said, I met Jesus for the first time and his whole family got saved. I heard a story. I heard a story of a little boy that was invited by an, a kid in our church. They had the little Easter invites for the kids and he wrote the kid's name on it and took it to school. 50,000 Easter eggs come to Valley Creek for Easter and he gave it to the kid and the kid's family didn't want to come to Easter, but they pulled the kid up to the door, let the kid come running in and he came in with this thing and said, I have my ticket. I'm here for the party. <laughs> I heard a story at, at our Louisville campus that a guy that only speaks Spanish was invited to come to Valley Creek Easter and he came. He only speaks Spanish. Well, there just happened to be another guy that fluently spoke Spanish, never met before, but sat in the back row with him and translated the entire service so he could hear all about Jesus. I heard, I heard about a first time family that was invited in and their kid went into the kids ministry and when it was time to go, they picked up their kid and their kid was crying because they didn't want to leave. Okay. When I was a kid, you cried because you had to go to church, not because you didn't want to leave. And so there are so many stories that we could tell. And what I am so proud of you for and so grateful for you is in Matthew 9, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You chose to go and get involved in the harvest and people's lives were forever changed because you wanted to be a part of the mission of God. You see, when you're a part of the mission of God, 
the whole concept of church changes. Church gets really old when, when you don't engage in the mission. Is that okay to say that as the pastor? Because usually you're not supposed to say that because you're like, no, it's amazing all the time. It's not really all that amazing all the time if you lose sight of the mission of God. Because all you do is come in and take and take and take, consume, 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 but something inside of you like never fully comes to life until you actually apply it and move it forward in your life. Listen, it is always more fun to be, uh, uh, to be on the field playing the game than it is to sit in the stands and watch. Always. And when you choose to just get involved and invite people and create an environment and do little things like parking in certain places, seating in other places, raising your voice, raising your faith, all of that stuff, all of a sudden it brings life to you because you're watching Jesus move. You see, you matter. You matter. And everything you did, every prayer you prayed, every generous gift you give, every place you served, every high five you get, it mattered. And what I think was so cool about our Easter services is that it was really, it was that Jesus was more than enough. It's really all that it was. And here's what I just want to just, just so you see it. We say we're a Jesus focused church, which means we're more focused on what Jesus has done for us than on what we have to do for him. And I hope you caught, if you were here last week with us for Easter, I hope you caught the Jesus focus flip. And what I mean by that is the entire message was built all the way until we were about to take communion because the whole conversation was, who do you say that Jesus is? Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is the most relevant thing in your life. And it was all about who is Jesus to us. And then we got to communion and we flipped it. And we said, you know who Jesus would say you are? Jesus would say you were more than enough for him to come and that you are the most relevant thing in his life. That's Jesus focused. That's 1 John four nineteen. We love because he first loved us. The more you try to love God without receiving his love for you, the more you're gonna struggle and strive in that process. The more you turn and say, I'm not focused on what I do for Jesus. I'm focused on what Jesus has done for me. And when I understand I am the most relevant thing in his life, how can he not be the most relevant thing in my life? Does that make sense to you? So I, I want you to be aware of that. Because that is really one of the very unique things about our church is that at the end of the day, we really do believe that it is about what Jesus has done for us. And that changes how we live, how we think, how we function. It changes everything about us. So it was an amazing Jesus-focused Jesus service in every way. And so if you're here and you met Jesus or you had a great encounter with Jesus and you haven't been baptized, man, baptism really is your next step. We're gonna have baptism in the next couple weeks. It's basically you're just saying, Jesus is Lord and I will follow. I promise you, if you take that next step, man, something new will continue to come alive in you as you go on this journey with Jesus. So it was an amazing Easter. You guys did an incredible job. I am so grateful for the mission we are on as a church for the life of Jesus that's raining down on us and where we're going together. So why don't you just celebrate each other just one more time? Because I, I really do, I really do think it's a really, it's a really big deal. And if you're, you'll ask our team, they'll joke with you. I'm not the best celebrator. I usually see like what can be and what should be. So I'm always pushing us for more. Even I was blown away by this Easter. <laughs> Just ask any staff member and they'll say, that's a really big deal. Okay, next, someone just said, it is a big deal. 
It is a big deal. Okay, so next week what we're going to do is we're going to start a new series called Disappointed. We're going to talk about finding hope in the midst of life. We're going to take a couple weeks and we're going to talk about the life of Joseph. And we're going to talk about all the disappointments that happened in Joseph's life and how yet he passed those tests. And so if you found yourself disappointed, disappointed in life, in relationships, in circumstances, maybe even with God, if you know someone who's been disappointed with a whole bunch of things in their life, it's going to be a great series that I think is going to bring a lot of breakthrough. I've been excited for this series for a while. And so we're going to kick that off next week. And all I want us to do today after celebrating Easter is I just want us to be farmers for the next few minutes. Okay. I want us to be farmers. And all I want us to do is just walk through our field and take a look at our crop for a moment. If you think of what a farmer does, a farmer from time to time, especially in strategic points along the growing process, they'll just go out and they'll walk their field. They'll just look at how things are going. They'll look at the fruit. They'll look at the the growth. They'll look at what's going on. I mean, I can remember as a kid, my grandfather had a, a small little farm. And I remember as a kid growing up and being there with him all the time. And he would always go on these walks through his farm. And he would look at all the different plants and all the different trees. And you could see as he was evaluating and he would look and say, oh, this, this one needs to be pruned. And this one over here is not growing as well as I want it to. So it needs some fertilizer. And this one over here, it's drying up. It needs some extra water. This thing, it's got too much water. It's going to drown. And, and he would go through and he would evaluate everything. And then he would make decisions based on what he saw. I want us to be farmers today. And I want us to walk through the field of our heart. You see, most of us are very unaware of what's actually growing in our heart, but we're super aware of what's going on in our bank account. We're super aware of what's going on on our social media feeds, and we're super aware of what's the latest movies out on Netflix. We need to learn to be a little bit more aware of what's actually growing in our heart. You see, our theme for the year is to get in Jesus so we can flourish in life. It's a year of going back to the basics, back to building a relationship with Jesus, moving past this concept of American Christianity of I identify with Jesus. I go to a Christian church. I call myself a Christian. I know the name Jesus, but moving past that to actually having a relationship with Jesus, to building our lives upon him where we rest on, receive from, trust in Jesus, to uproot ourselves from all the things we get rooted in through life, like work and hobbies and finances and activities and addictions and kids and sports and religion and all that stuff is all fine in of itself, but it's not meant to be the foundation of our life. It's not meant to be the rooting structure of our life. And so it's this journey that we're going on together. And we've talked about these five different roots or five different pathways of connection that as we get rooted in Jesus, we will flourish in life. And these are the things that help us do that. And we just talked about how this is a year to engage the scriptures. And and notice we've said it's not read the Bible because the point isn't to put information in your head. The point is to get the living active word of God in your heart so it begins to change you. We don't engage the scriptures to figure out what we have to do for God. We engage the scriptures to discover what Jesus has already done for us. And then we talked about talking with God, just prayer. That it's not this religious formula, this this, uh, hardship thing, this formality that we have. And it's just talking with a loving father who wants to talk to us and who wants us to talk to him. Yeah. 
And we talked about building godly relationships. In a lot of ways, this is the taproot. If you get this one right, it's amazing how the rest of them kind of take care of themselves because when you have godly relationships in your life, they pull you along. They ask you questions like, hey, how are you engaging the scriptures? What's God been saying to you? Hey, what are you praying about? I'd love to pray with you on that. Hey, how's it going in your life of servanthood and all that different kinds of stuff? And we talked about how we were made for godly relationships, not just Christian friends, not a friend that identifies as a Christ or a Christian person that has this like, I, yes, I know Christ. Like, no, no, like a godly relationship where you talk about, learn about and become like Jesus together. These are the people that help you stay grounded and growing. And then we talked about meeting the needs you see, just serving. Because serving is the pathway to greatness and serving isn't what we do. Servant is who we are. And when you serve people like you did this last week for Easter, Jesus takes that personally. He says, everything you just did for Easter. And some of you, and I'm so proud of you. Some of you, it's literally you pull in the parking lot and you see that front row spot and you are so tempted to zoom right into it. But your wife says to you, hey, last week, he said, we should park far away. And you say, okay, but only this week. You did that for Jesus. He took that personally, he tells us. We talked about that. And we talked about investing your time. We said the interesting part about time is it takes time to do all of these. And if we will focus on these roots this year, we will get deep in Jesus and we will flourish in life. We'll have this abundant, life-giving nature of who we were created to be. In fact, 1 Corinthians 3 says, some plant, some water, but it's God who makes it grow. Our job is to plant and water. It's God's job to make it grow. So here's the question. How are you doing? How are you doing so far in this journey of getting rooted in Jesus? Like, are you seeing signs of growth? It's spring outside right now, and everywhere you go, you see the leaves, you see the buds, you see the flowers, you see everything coming out. And it's amazing how quickly it can go from January where everything's dead to here we are in April and things are coming to life. Do you see any of that in your life? I mean, Galatians 5 says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the character of Jesus. If you get rooted in Jesus, the character of Jesus will start showing up in your life. Do you see any signs of that as you walk through the field of your heart? I mean, in Mark chapter 4, a familiar story that we've talked about before. Let me just read it to you. Jesus is telling a story. He says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell, like, uh, fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants so that they did not bear grain or bear fruit. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew, produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, even 100 times. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable or the story? He says, how then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes a word, away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they never got rooted. They last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away. Still others... Like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word. 
But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things come in and choke the word out, making it unfruitful. Others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word accepted and produce a crop 30, 60, even a hundred times what was sown. Jesus tells us the story about the kingdom of God and he's talking about four different types of our hearts. And if we're a farmer and we're walking through our heart and we're looking at the crop, we have to be aware of what Jesus has given us as a way of just kind of evaluating what's happening. He says, the farmer goes out and sows the word. And when we hear the word word, we think of the Bible. But remember, Jesus is the living word. So don't think about it in terms of scripture. Think about it in terms of Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word is Jesus. So Jesus has been scattered on your heart from January to now at Valley Creek Church through this series called Rooted in Jesus. Even if you've only been here just today. So when it lands on your heart, what kind of heart has it been? Four times. Has it been hard where you resist it and it gets snatched away? If that's you, say, Jesus, give me some grace to break up that hard soil. Maybe you got real excited about it and we started this year back to the basics and you're like, yes, this is going to be amazing. You receive it. It quickly sprouts up. But then all of a sudden there's like some resistance, some things you'd actually have to change in your life. And then it's like, and it withers and dies. Ask Jesus to give you some strength to persevere and remove those rocks. But maybe you've received Jesus and you're excited about it this year and you put some effort into it and you've worked through some of those roots. But there's so many other things in your life that have yet to be uprooted that it's choking out the very life of Jesus that you're trying to get rooted in. So ask him to help you create some space and uproot the wrong things. And then maybe you're the good soil and you've totally received it. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Don't assume you're good and you're in the clear. Keep protecting what is growing up because it is precious, it is worth it, and it is important. And so all I want us to do today is just stop for a moment and say, realistically, how are we doing? And so when you came in, you got one of these cards. If you'll grab that with me just for a moment. Grab that card. On the front side, it says rooted in Jesus, flourish in life, and it has the five roots there. And it's got our theme verse, Colossians 2, 6, and 7 which I really would encourage you. I mean, it's two verses to memorize. When was the last time you memorized a, a, a verse in the Bible? That would just be a great engage the scriptures next step for you. Two verses that you can memorize. And if you'll flip it over, it just says rooted checkpoint number one. Rooted checkpoint number one. Our theme for the entire year is to get rooted in Jesus. January through March have gone by. 25% of the year is over. It's amazing how fast it goes, isn't it? And here's what's crazy. In January, all the plants around your house were dead. They had no life. It is shocking to me how much life has shown up on those plants from January to March. That shows you how fast the life of God can show up in your heart if you will just get rooted in him. And so this is really just like a checkpoint. Like if you've ever gone on a trip with anybody and you're driving on a road trip, you kind of say like, hey, where are we? You know, you see the road sign, like how many miles till the next thing? And sometimes you're like, oh, we're doing awesome. Sometimes you're like, we haven't gone very far yet. <laughs> this is just a checkpoint that's just for you. No one's going to collect this. So I want to encourage you to grab a pen and let me just ask you these five questions. And I want you to just by faith, be honest, just make a mark. This is just for you. Like number one, have you taken a next step in engaging the scriptures? 
Have you taken a next step from January to, to April in, in the concept of engaging the scriptures? Again, if this is your first time here, man, just receive all this and hear where we've been because really what we've done is every month we've made a unique Bible reading plan, a chapter a day. We've gone through some cool topics, the son of man, miracles, a new beginning. This month is heroes. Grab it. It's always on the website. We've given you rooted journals that you can get in the cafe that just really set up for you to take some notes and process with God. But have you taken a next step in that area? Yes. Or not yet. Just look at the plant and say, realistically, how's it doing? Second question is, have you taken a next step in talking with God? Yes or not yet? Like, have you taken a next step and just maybe, maybe it's even when we're in service and, and it's the worship leader is praying at the end of worship. Do you agree? Are you finding yourself, that's even a next step, just agreeing in that prayer or saying, thank you, God, or talking to him about something. Or when you're driving your car, a simple little one sentence prayer. Yes or not yet? Third root is, have you taken a next step in building godly relationships? Have you taken a next step and maybe gotten in a group or tried to join a team? Maybe ask somebody out for coffee or taken a Christian friendship that you have and saying, hey, can we take this a little further? Could we make this a little more intentional in the conversations that we have about Jesus? Have you done that or, or not yet? Fourth one is, have you taken a next step in meeting the needs you see, like just in serving people? Maybe it's joining a team. Maybe it was just the next step. Maybe last week you took a great next step in just serving in some way, shape, or form here at Easter or someone in your life, the office, your school, wherever you might go during the day. And then the last one, have you taken a next step in investing your time? Yes or not yet? Have you given up or changed any of your time in order to get rooted in Jesus? Yes or not yet? So here's the question. How are you doing? How are you doing? Maybe you look at that and you think, man, this one's doing good. This thing is really growing. This one needs some fertilizer. Maybe you look at one of them and you think this one needs, needs to get planted. Because you always got to remember that it's, it's direction, not intention, that determines your destiny. It's actual movement that will determine whether or not you get rooted in Jesus. And whether or not you get rooted in Jesus will determine whether or not you flourish in life. We plant, we water, he makes it grow. So the question is, is just simply like, how are you doing? And here's what I would say to you. Humility is the beginning of breakthrough. The reason I actually want you to mark those checks, it's just for you, is because humility says, man, we're a quarter way through the year and I haven't, I haven't really started yet. Okay, then what are you gonna do about it? That's the beginning of breakthrough. Jesus, I need some help. And, and what I love there for you is I just put some, some simple, like if you, you need some fertilizer, some miracle grow to get this thing maybe popped and get moving because things in motion stay in motion. Things at rest stay at rest. Yes. Sometimes it's the hardest thing is just to get going. So just want to simplify it for you this week. Like engage the scriptures. Just read one chapter from the reading plan, not a chapter a day. Just try. If you look and you say that root, it's, it's, there ain't nothing growing there yet. Okay. One chapter this week, any day that you want out of the reading plan, watch what God will do. If you look at the talk with God root and you say, man, that one's not really growing. Take one minute. You can even time it on your phone. One minute, anytime this week, and just tell God three things you're grateful for. God, thanks for my family. Thanks for the air I breathe. And thanks that I have somewhere to go today. Might be as simple as that, but you got to understand that kickstarts something for you if nothing's happening there. Build godly relationships. Reach out to one follower of Jesus in your life here at Valley Creek. Not your grandma who lives in Wisconsin, not your old friend from Pennsylvania. One 
Jesus follower in this church and tell them what you're grateful for for them. And you say, I don't know anybody. Okay, well then just go in the cafe after service, order a cup of coffee and a person that hands you the coffee say, thank you that you serve and offer us coffee. See, we, we, we way overcomplicate this and I'm trying to simplify this is about as simple as we can make it for you. But some of it is actually putting some things in action. Meet the needs you see. Do one nice thing for someone in your life you wouldn't normally do this week. Could be anyone in your life. And then invest your time. Wake up 15 minutes earlier than you do and do any of the above. That's awesome. That's like a two for one. Wake up 15 minutes early, do one. You just got two roots and it starts growing. And then every Monday morning, if you really are saying, I, I, man, every Monday morning, every campus, we have a rooted experience where we gather together, we read the chapter, we pray, we build relationships, we're doing it all year, it's amazing. And some of you are sitting here, you're like, are you for real on all this? Oh, I am for real, baby, on all of this. Because this is what matters. This is the vision. And what a vision does is it constrains you. A lot of people have great visions, but they never walk them out. I don't care how great we preach this in January and February and March because you realize it's really all we preached all year. <laughs> what matters is what are you doing with it? That's why in Luke 6, 46, Jesus says, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Man, I've been thinking about that this week. It's a big verse. In other words, what Jesus might say to you today is, hey, it doesn't matter how good you are at going to church. What matters is how healthy your relationship with me is. And what he's telling us is faith always manifests itself in action. To believe is to obey. It's to move forward. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and follows it, takes their faith and puts it into action. It's like a person building a house who digs deep, gets rooted and lays a foundation on the solid rock, Jesus. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it's well built. It flourishes in life no matter what the conditions are. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation, no roots. They just do what they want to do. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins because it has no roots so it can't stand the test of life. The crazy part is, is when you get rooted in Jesus... He promises you you'll flourish in life. He will do his part. He's just waiting for you to have a little bit of faith to do your part. You just got to put it in action. And some of you, you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, like for real, like, yeah, for real. Like, like if you're new and you just showed up for Easter for the first time and you're back, you are in the perfect spot to be a part of this church right now because the whole focus for this year is helping you build a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. If you're here and you think, man, I tried in January and the first week was killer. It was awesome. I was loving it. But then like life happened, man. And I feel like terrible now, like writing not yet on all of these things. Don't feel bad about it. Proverbs 24 says the godly may trip seven times, but they get up again. It doesn't matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. It's not what you did. It's what you're going to do now. It doesn't matter if you checked not yet on every single one of those boxes. That means nothing. What matters is what are you going to do now? That's where the grace of God is. And that's where he's saying, hey, let's just do something simple. Like talk to me for one minute and tell me three things you're thankful for. He's not asking you to be a theologian. Just saying, have a little bit of movement and watch what I can do with that. Some of you are sitting here and really, honestly, you're thinking like, for real, are we really going to talk about rooted all year? 
Seriously, the answer is yes. <laughs> and here's what I need you to understand. And, I, and I'm not saying that snarky. I'm saying it like this, like less is more, simple is profound, slow is fast, and roots create fruit. Less is more, simple is profound, slow is fast, and roots create fruit. You got to understand that Jesus only had one message. I mean, all he ever said to the disciples is the kingdom of heaven is like. At some point, I'm sure Peter was like, we got it. We, we got it. The kingdom of heaven. Okay. When Jesus died and rose again in Acts 1, they said, Jesus, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, are you going to put a physical kingdom in the city of Jerusalem? And Jesus just shook his head and said, I, for three years, I touched by the kingdom of God. You still don't understand what I'm saying. So I need to teach you about it some more. Okay. To resist it is to say there's a hardness in your own heart because Jesus is inviting us all back to what matters most. In fact, John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, but I have chosen and commissioned you to go into the world and bear fruit. The entire commissioning of your life is to be fruitful. How are you going to be fruitful if you don't get rooted? That's what he's inviting you to. So you can flourish in life. And then some of you, you're here and you're on the journey and you're loving it and keep going. It doesn't matter how you start. What matters is how you finish and you can't rush what God is doing in you, but you're going to so need what God is doing in you for the days ahead. This is why this matters. I, I promise you, 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 well, I can't promise you that because I don't know, but I would assume that you have never been in a church that's literally going to have rooted checkpoints along an entire year to fulfill a vision of personal growth in your own life. Because it's that important for where we're going. Listen, God is starting to show me different facets of your future and our future. And I'm telling you, just even today, I was talking about it in meetings, and I'm like blown away with where I believe God's taking us. But he's saying it will not work if you don't get fully rooted in me because you won't be able to withstand the weight of the amazing things I want to entrust to you. So sometimes we just got to stop and be farmers. and Say, how are we doing? give you a great new sermon series next week. But how are we doing today? January through March are gone. You can't get it back. Is there growth? If there is, celebrate it, protect it, keep watering it. If there's not yet, okay. The grace of Jesus says today is a great day to start. It's a great day to start because he's drawing you unto himself because he wants you to flourish in life. I can see so much growth in you and you don't even know it. I can see so much growth in us and you don't even know it. It's kind of like when you see a kid starting to grow, only grandma and grandpa really can see what's happening. I'm not grandma nor grandpa, but I can see the growth in you. And so today is a day of walking through our field saying, come on, it's growing. Let's keep going. If we can have this much growth in 25% of the year, what will a full year really look like? How strong will your spirit be? How sound will your mind be? How healthy will your body be? How vibrant will your relationships become? How fruitful will the fullness of your purpose and potential be at the end of this year if we just take this seriously? Okay? So you close your eyes. Here's the question.
What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? As you walk through the garden of your own heart with him, what's he saying? I can promise you he is not condemning. I bet you he's walking and he's looking at some things and he's saying, look at this. Do you see how much it's growing? Do you see how much the life of Jesus is coming up here? And then there's some other things he's saying, hey, you see the potential over here? You see this opportunity? Let's do it. Let's just take a small step, a baby step and watch how I'll respond to it. What do you see in the garden of your heart? And how are you going to respond to that? A good farmer doesn't look at the plants and realize that they're struggling and walk away. He responds with kindness, with intentionality, and with grace. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you, and that's what he's inviting you to do with him. So Jesus, thank you that you're inviting us to go deep inside of the heart of God. Thank you that you're inviting us one simple, kind, slow step at a time to grow our roots deep down in you that we may flourish in life. May we never be tired of the basics because it's in the basics we find you. You're not asking us to do something for you. You're trying to give everything to us. So may we put our faith in action today and get rooted in Jesus so we can flourish in life. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.